Good afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway. Podcast number 29. On the road again, a week in Florida, and coming up, an all-time movie classic that surprisingly I've never seen. I'll tell you about that, but first to check on sports. And right now, uh, I'll look back on the Tigers and their draft that was conducted this week. Uh, I liked it. I haven't seen anybody say they didn't like the Tigers draft. Look, when you're picking up towards the top and you take uh, pretty much the presumptive, almost universally expected pick there at the top, there's not a, a lot not to like, right? So, right, Spencer Torkelson, uh, I, I did like that selection. That's the direction that I wanted to see the Tigers go. They went that direction. The part about listing him at third base or trying him out at third base, no, I did not like that. Now, that was a, a gut feel looking at it there. Now, trying him out at a different position, whether it was going to be in the outfield at third base, it it had the feeling to me like I want to play the guy where he is going to perform best in the field and at the plate, but where he's going to perform the best in the field, it certainly seems like all indications is that is going to be at first base. And the Tigers, they're going to need. They need one here in a couple years. They're going to need a first baseman. So it it felt like they were trying to get cute. Are they trying to get cute to justify uh, the pick at number one overall? Are they trying to appease anybody else? Are they trying to appease Miggy? Like, hey, they'll still give him a couple of uh, reps over there. I I wouldn't. I I hope that's not the case when it comes down to Cabrera, or that they're trying to get cute. Like, uh, well, you know what? Yeah, we couldn't justify with everything that we know, with all of our analytics, taking a first baseman. So, But we sure could if we took a third baseman, so let's try him out over there. You know, you better have the idea like, yeah, we think that not only that he's going to, you know, be uh, an excellent hitter, maybe a great hitter, but we think he's going to be an above-average third baseman. I mean, are you going to draft a guy and put him over there hoping, you know what, we just hope he's an okay third baseman? Uh, that's the part, you know, it, it just had a, a feel there that, that the Tigers know what they're doing. Question mark, I'm asking. I, I don't know. I don't know if they know what they're doing. You know, they didn't know what they were doing with Nick Castellanos, and that should be fresh in everybody's mind. That was not some other staff. That was not some other department. That was Al Avila and his brain trust that couldn't figure that out. They never did get that right with, with Nick Castellanos, and so... It's not bashing them. It's not saying that Torkelson is going to be a, a Castellanos 2.0 for sure. It's just saying that when you see that, that should be not like a, a gigantic question mark. Certainly all eyes are going to be on Torkelson at third and the reports. And the one thing, you put him there and say, we're putting him at the hot corner. We have plans to have him at third base when he starts out in the minors. That's not putting him over there and saying after a week, like, well, yeah, we didn't really like it. Let's let's uh, put him over at first, or now let's try him in the outfield. You put him there. You need to put him there for years, and and that's the thing. You you really bring this guy in and project him to be at third, and just uh, it's a it's a huge it's a gamble. 
It could be a, it is a huge gamble for the Tigers putting him over at third base. So yeah, I question them. I'm not saying that anybody should be fired or the hell are they doing? This is another indication that Alavila and company, you know, should be out of here. But it is something when you go completely off the uh, outside the, the the box here on this kind of move. You know, this is something that if you look back, you could be a Tigers fan and say, yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was the indication that 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 these guys, even, even when they make the right pick, if it ends up, you know, being the right pick that uh, they might not get it right. But so it's not bashing them. It's questioning them. And they deserve a lot of questions. This particular staff, like it's the one thing about the Tigers draft. Like, yeah, I liked it. And, you know, Riley Green last year, I understood taking him in the top five the year before. Casey Mize. I mean, the Tigers have had, they had 114 loss season and then almost back-to-back years with another other 100 loss seasons, 98 back-to-back there. Two out of the last three years, they've had the number one pick. So it's the fruits of having the worst record and going through the, the worst time ever in Tiger baseball history. So yeah, when the draft comes around, it's going to be a big deal, even for us, uh, even for those, and, and most of us that have not seen Torkelson or any of these other guys. It's it's our day. It's it's the one thing that you have, and that you get with um, you know just having the these painful seasons here. But you know what? When it comes down now, we we've just been looking at the Tigers. I've been looking at the Tigers, and everybody else. It, it's always been about the arms and all of these young pitching prospects that we're waiting and waiting for. And we're not going to see them this year. Maybe, you know, a little cup of coffee here or there, but we're waiting for 2021. But now they've got some, at least when you look at it, we always say, oh, it's always been about the arms from Casey Mize. I mean, we can all just name them off yet uh, still. Uh, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, uh, Tarek Skubal, who wasn't a first-round pick that they did a nice job on. Uh, Joey Wentz, who they got in a deal. Oh, Franklin Perez, he sure seems like, uh, like you know, this is a pretty big couple months for him. I mean, the guy's been nothing but hurt here. The pitcher they got, along with a few others, in the Justin Verlander deal. He was supposed to be the feature piece there. But, you know, th- those are a lot of pitchers. Uh, I'm ready for him. Not this year. The following year, I think we can all say it. You know, we're... We're tired of being patient. You know, 2021. 2020, we're ready to kind of, like, I think Tiger fans would like to watch uh, the season, like to watch some baseball, like to watch anything. But, um, you know, it's it's getting tiring, you know, being patient and already, uh, I think in a lot of ways, you know, blowing off this year. But now that they have some some bats here to think about and you keep going through the five arms that it just went through now, with Torkelson and Riley Green, Isaac, Isak, Paredes, however he wants his first name to be pronounced. I'm not sure. You know, I've heard different different pronunciations or different um, uh, ways of, of saying that he wants to you know, say his first name. That's uh, ready to see him out on the field. Castro we saw a little bit. Daz Karma, another guy from the, the Verlander deal. You know, it, it's time. We know all of those guys aren't going to work out. I mean, I could sit here and, and talk about teams that have won it and their first round picks and it isn't all that big of a deal if you're if you're if you're drafting well and, and trading well. It, there is a point to that. You should be it's a it's a it's a pretty big deal to be able to hit especially if you're getting guys uh, in the top 5 like they have the last 3 years and then certainly 
number one overall. Yeah, it doesn't mean for sure that you can't get it done. But let's if we're sitting here, do I think Spencer Torkelson, Casey Mize, and then Riley Green out of those three guys, is it really important to get two, maybe all three of those guys, to be impact players in a couple of years, which will help this team if they're going to do something about – now, getting back into the playoffs, I would say yes. But yeah, it's it's more than just drafting in the first round. It's like this with all sports. We focus, focus on this. But yeah, later in the draft, like they did with um, Scooble, trades. It's developing those players. Let's see. But, you know, now at least we've got those bats to go with some of these arms. And I like the Tigers draft, but will it matter? You know, the MLB, the, the latest plan and the games and everything else this weekend, 72 games, it starts July 14th, but the players look at it. It's it's like the players, uh, the owners are jerking them around. They come up with a different games and a different proration of the salaries, but uh, the players are always like, wait a second, this is uh, all the same here. But it's been very sad to me that they, they missed the July 4th, um, starting date so it already feels like they're beyond the drop dead date for me but you know if they're talking about starting on july 14th and i need three weeks we're getting close here you know this weekend of you know saturday june 13th sunday june 14th we're getting pretty close where we're getting to a drop dead week although it already feels like that like i said so but i do have a lot more baseball in here speaking of we know that uh espn's going to put one of their uh, documentaries coming up with uh, the McGuire Sosa Chase baseball in 98. You know what? I enjoyed that season. Uh, I love that season, but I've I've always, it's funny how things work, but it, it, it seems almost, almost universally that when people talk about that home run chase, what follows is, oh, it saved baseball. It absolutely saved baseball coming back from their, from their 94 strike. And I never felt like that. Like, it gave it some juice, pun intended there for sure, but people that liked baseball were, were there, and there would have been other stories. Uh, was it a, a great story? It was in 98. I don't think that it saved baseball, but, you know, I could sit here and, and argue with you if you were out there and saying, oh, absolutely. Do I think if we didn't have a 98 Sosa McGuire that, that baseball would have survived and it would have flourished and it would be in a spot where it is right now? I do. So, again, we could argue that going round and round. But uh, I enjoyed the season. What, what saved baseball, if there was something that saved it for me, was 2006. And maybe that gets to it. Like, I went to the Big Ten coaches meeting in 98 and I went to a Cubs game and I remember – that uh, in that year, Sosa, in that game that I went to against the Expos, uh, Mark Grace, I think, got his 2,000th hit, and Sosa hit a home run. So it was memorable for me. And when McGuire was playing for the Cards, the Cards came to Tiger Stadium, and I went into the, the press box outdoors in the press box at the old Tiger Stadium and watched McGuire take BP and watch him hit him into the, the bleachers and hit him into the upper deck and hit the, the facing and, and just blasting them all over. It was one of the greatest um, exhibitions of, uh, of power. It's one of the great things that I've seen in sports. Just BP watching McGuire blast them out there. It was cool. Didn't say baseball for me, but it was really cool. Uh, I enjoyed it. Did it ruin it? Everything else with uh, – it's ruined it some. 
like that was a really nice season. And instead of talking about, you know, the just like Barry Bonds, like, you know, it would have been really cool to see Barry Bonds and, and Sosa and what he did in his three, four year run and McGuire, that if those guys, you know, didn't have PEDs after their name, that, you know, the just think about the memorabilia, the, the memories would be sharper instead, you know, you have to, you know, talk about, well, if they saved baseball, it felt like they ruined it too at the same time. So that's it. So it ruined it a little bit, but that's what I think makes for a good documentary. So that'll be pretty good. All right. On to a couple other things here. NBA, it was looking good and everything was ready to go to this week when you get some of the reports about the players wondering what they are getting themselves into. Like we're all ready for the playoffs and it sounded good. We know the, the bubble and everything. We, we, you know, we read about this and I would have thought that they would have run this by everyone to get some votes where what we had this week where players were like, well, I just went, might want to sit this one out. I would have thought that they would have got those votes in a show of hands, like where they were going to be before they put this out there and agreed to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. But maybe that's just Kyrie Irving you know, speaking out and, and a guy that's not even going to be involved in the playoffs. So, you know, that's, that's one of those deals. And, I'd ask myself, I think you have to ask yourself this as well. If you're a player and you're going to have to be away from your family and yeah, you like playing basketball, but if you, if your agent calls and says, look, you're going to get all your money and you're going to have to go down there, whatever it is, two, three, I don't even know, four weeks, a month, two months that you're going to be away from your family and are they going to be let in? You're not going to be able to see them. You're going to have to stay there. Uh, do you just want to sit this one out? You're going to get your money. Yeah, you're going to miss the playoffs. But you can just come back next year and let's uh, take another kick at the can. I think that's a, a real option that you would have to consider. Now, if I'm LeBron James, if I'm somebody that uh, is an L.A. Clippers fan, I'm, I'm sitting around saying, man, we gave away our whole team, everybody, to get uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We would like to see those guys. I mean, you would, you would hope, if you're a Clippers fan, that – that you're with your window that you have, that those guys are going to play and, you know, you're going to feel like you're going to get a title. And I would think that LeBron James, man, he's given all those indications anyways, you know, he chased another ring here, pretty good position to be able to do that. And, you know, certainly if you're, um, the fans, it's pretty easy, man. You're a fan, you're a Lakers fan, you're a Bucks fan, you're a Clippers fan. You're hoping that those guys get out there, but the, but the players, and I would think the ones that, you know, had a season and have the team where they think they can go all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, that they're going to do it. So it's uh, it's up in the air there a little bit now. And so the NHL, I think everything, they were getting universal praise about how they were thinking with their players and helping their, uh, helping the players were helping and working with management there to get the playoffs going. Sure, this week they were like, hey, is everybody in? Are we good? Unlike the NBA? And then the NFL, John Harbaugh questioning the rules that have been outlined for practice, calling the rules impossible. So we just get back to where we really have been here and people, you know, projecting like, oh, yeah, do you think there's going to be sports? Shrug your shoulders. Yeah, maybe. I hope there is, but there's been a possibility all along. Player concerns, health concerns, uh, however it goes, when it, it comes down, there's spikes, anything else that we realize that there could be a chance that, yeah, sure, July 31st, August 1st sounds a really long ways away. Hell, July 14th sounds a long way away if they got it for baseball, but, uh, you know, all of it. 
but you know, football's the one, even to the fall, where it's like, uh, yeah, you hope, and it, it seems like there's been some good indications, but then there's been a couple step backs here. It's to me been the same thing. Yeah, you keep working at it, you hope, and you keep analyzing it and realizing that, yeah, we might not get it, might not get uh, sports here in the summer. I think uh, we all realize that. And, you know, here it is another week where the week before I would say a lot of positivity about seeing the games, get setting some dates, putting one foot in front of the other, seeing some good trends around the U.S. But then, you know, yeah. And, and, and maybe because the world has changed so much in the last uh, just two and a half weeks where we went from pandemic to unrest and yeah, but pandemic, depression, unrest, and we still have all three of those to to look at. So, yeah, I'm on my way back to Michigan. I'll be back putting out three or four podcasts a week. Also, if you did not know and you're listening to this and you did not know, I've got a YouTube show. And I've been uh, rolling out there two times a week with Brian Chapman. That comes out if you are on YouTube. And honestly, previous to to doing this, I've been doing it for about a month. I, I didn't watch a heck of a lot of YouTube. I watched old games, maybe some some videos. Uh, that was my extent. But now, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. There's a lot of good stuff on there to, to check out, whatever your tastes are, you know, subscriptions and everything else. But I'm doing a sports show, and it airs uh, live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30. And you can search Fithian and Chapman, the fifth chapter, spelled F-I-T-H. If you just put our names in there and, and search around a little bit, you can find it pretty easily, but yeah, we, we do about an hour there. Good thing about there, they log all of those shows, um, the back shows, and you can watch them. So it's a, it's another thing where it's Detroit sports and entertainment. That's uh, the focus of it. And a lot of people say they can't get enough of uh, Detroit sports content, even in you know these times. So it's just another option for you there. And, and I like it because it's one of those things that was out of my comfort zone. And I like to do things like that. And uh, I, I do like doing it. So and I'm hoping to get better on the the uh, the video side and all the different things that you can do. So I like that. Uh, I watched a lot of UFC down here in Florida. My uncle, he really likes UFC. Not a whole heck of a lot on. So uh, I watched more than I've ever watched. And it's growing on me a little bit. Unless Chapman likes it. And, you know, so many others do as well. So it, it, I've, I've been getting close to that in times past and I've lost interest. And then, you know, but here I am. Uh, this is the most I've watched it. And, you know, maybe maybe I'll maybe uh, you talk to me in six months and I'll say, you know what, where I became a fan was down there in Florida in 2020 during the pandemic. But, you know, speaking of down, being down here in Florida, I did get out to the ocean and the beaches, but, you know, not in peak time. We went out there for the sunrise this morning. Got up at uh, 545 to get out there. Just a quick uh, trip out to Crescent Beach in St. Augustine. Hit the water with the boogie board. Trying to do, a, uh, is it surfing? Body surfing? Just, I was jumping in some waves, taking some salt water in. I got tired pretty quick, but uh, it, it was a good time. And it was cloudy, about 72 degrees, and the water was nice. So I love that. So now to the movie. 
that I watched for the first time. This will be a surprise for somebody that's worked, if you know me, this would be a surprise since uh, uh, as big a sports fan as I am. I watched The Sandlot for the first time. Kind of amazing that I've never seen it. Just thinking about like uh, a, a movie that gets referenced so much when you're talking sports or talking anything. Uh, people talk about, oh, Sandlot, Sandlot. And, uh, you know, over the years, I thought that maybe I had caught a couple scenes but then when I watched it yesterday, I had never seen a second of it. Like, that was it, you know, just hearing here and there about it, about people talking about it. But I had really never seen five seconds of it. And, you know, I liked the catcher. He was awesome. You know, play ball. And, and then seeing James Earl Jones come in there at the end and the kid Rodriguez stealing home. And I love dogs. And my friend back in the day had a bull mastiff, not that far back in the day. And uh, I love that dog, and I think that uh, Hercules, he looks like a bull mastiff. They're very close, if not cousins or brothers or whatever, very close to that. So it reminded me of him. I love that dog. And, yeah, you know, the Sandlot. I can see why people really love the really love the movie, especially, you know, baseball fans. Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, Major League, The Natural, uh, For the Love of the Game. What else? 61, love that. 42, saw that at the movies, cheered at the end. Not just me, the whole theater was cheering at the end. I think I went, I must have gone uh, the weekend that it debuted, maybe the night that it debuted, but, you know, people were cheering. You know, I haven't been to many movies where people are cheering at a movie at the end, but there's still a couple that I have written down that, like the Sandlot, would be a surprise that I have to get to, and one is League of Their Own, Miracle, which I know I love, and Space Jam. People still talk about those, and... Probably surprising that I didn't take those in either, but I'm going to get to I've got a lot of time on my hands now. So that is going to... Thanks for listening. I'll talk at you soon. Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports.